Hey y'all, thank you for joining the BG Waterfowl Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Hopper. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in today. So today on the episode, we've got Cheyenne Kaufman from Oklahoma. She is a waterfowl hunter, dog trainer, all into the outdoors, has a super cool TikTok page, and we will get into, I'm sure, a ton of topics today. But first, I'm going to kind of update y'all on what's going on here at the shop. We are right now in the process of loading up 18-wheeler trailers of boxes and clamshells and parts uh headed to our new facility so i took a quick break from from loading that stuff up and jumped on the podcast with cheyenne Uh, also we just released the new colors for the gray ghost for 2022 Um, we got matte green matte black and then a white pearl black pearl combination so those are really slick looking calls and if you stay tuned to the end of the episode, I will tell you how you can get 15% off of those calls plus anything else over $75. So y'all stay tuned and I hope you enjoy today's episode. All right, what's up everybody? Today we've got Cheyenne from where in Oklahoma? I don't know if you told me. Okay, I'm sorry, it cut out. <laughs> Oh, sorry, Northeast Oklahoma. Is that where you hunt, or could you give like a, a town? Or because we hunted in Northeast Oklahoma when we went over there, so I don't know if may found if I know the okay. area. I'm actually from Claremore, Oklahoma. Um, we hunt a lot of Western Oklahoma more so. Um, I just like the terrain and the fields and everything out there better, so that's normally where I travel to hunt. I got you. We weren't too far from Bartlesville when we went. Um, I guess we it was mostly you know, cattle ponds and mallards. We, we killed a few uh, greater Canada's, but it was mostly ducks, which we thought was going to be opposite. But I mean, I'm not going to complain either way. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, Bartlesville is actually, uh, that's where I'm running a hunt test this weekend. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of birds out there, not many lessers and cacklers and stuff. So yeah, we didn't run into any of those. We saw, we saw a ton of Canada geese, but we, we didn't end up piecing that together, but you just said you're running a hunt test. So you train dogs or a dog or. Yes. Yeah. My dog Nitro, uh, he's my first one. I'm training all by myself. So I'm just kind of getting into it and getting the feel for it. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It is. I, I've got a dog I trained by myself. He is, he's three years old now. He's a yellow lab and I'm pretty sure that he taught me way more than I taught him as far as patience and stuff because I never thought getting into it it would be as frustrating because it is it is basically a toddler trying to communicate with a toddler (laughs) yep and but I started out obviously some YouTube videos uh the the old 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 book the water dog um yeah I can't remember who who actually wrote that book, but I mean, that thing's from like the early 1900s or something like that. And I mean, that pretty much laid the foundation for me, but are are you getting tips from YouTube or 
just for people who might want to start getting into that, like obviously me and you were, were not with a kennel or anything, and but how, how did you go about starting out? Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, you can use YouTube. Um, it's, it's probably going to be really beneficial if you find like one program um, and kind of stick with that and go with that versus, you know, which it may be useful grabbing parts from other programs and like bits and pieces. But um, we got the Cornerstone Gun Dog and we watched those videos and we really like that. Yeah. Um, the best thing I did by far for, like I said, this is my first dog that I'm training on by myself. Uh, the best thing I did by far was joining a retriever club and there are trainers there. There's people like at my level there and there's people below my level there. And there's a lot of people with a lot of great ideas and you just get together and train dogs and troubleshoot and go from there. So. Right. When I, when I started out, I was in college, I got him as a puppy and I remember this one guy, I was working at a bank at the time, believe it or not. And this guy came up to me and I can't remember how we got started on the conversation, but I told him I got a hunting dog. He's like, oh, you might as well just, just give that up. You're in college. You ain't never going to have time for him. I'm like, okay, that just kind of lit a fire under me. And, and so I spent a whole bunch of time with him and obviously being in college and having a job, like plus having a puppy, that's a full-time job in itself. And yeah. I did it all by myself because I didn't have really, I had one friend who had a dog and we, I mean, we would train together and our dogs are similar in age and kind of, I guess, as far as like lessons and stuff, they were pretty much on the same, same level as we were going through it. But um, not bragging or anything because my dog's not like a, a grand champion or anything, but to have done it by myself with, like I said, not a lot of help. It's pretty cool to see them actually take what you taught them. Yes. Like, what you picture in your head, they actually do. And you're like, yeah. and that's awesome. I mean, in Oklahoma, so we were hunting this big cattle, or yeah, I guess it was a cattle pond. And I sent him on a blind straight across this pond and then had to, cast him over and cast him back like across like he had swam through the water got up on land I was like man that was pretty freaking cool um so how old how old is your dog now he is three okay so he's hunted for two or three years now two years we got him a little we got him out a little bit uh his first year you know before he turned one uh before he turned one he actually retrieved a five-man limit so uh we got him out a little bit but um it was kind of one of those things it was best for him especially to just keep him at home and keep him out of the craziness because he can't do a lot of training during a hunt so uh keep him out of the craziness until he was fully ready and I feel like more developed mm -hmm. um to actually start getting into uh hunting and the craziness of that so right I think I mean I did the pretty much same thing with my dog before he turned a year I took him a couple times um Obviously, we, we, we didn't have really good success when I took him, and it was kind of a him just being there to experience was my whole thing, um, which obviously he was fine with gunshots, but he had never actually been around ducks flying and ducks falling and stuff like that. But, um, man, these past two years have been pretty freaking cool. Um, I don't have a number or anything. I wish I would have kept up with it. I've got the species. I've kept up with, like, yeah, you know, mallard, teal, gadwall, pintail, whatever. I've kept up with all that, but um, I wish I'd have kept up with the number because, I mean, this past year he had to have retrieved, I mean, 
close to 300, which for some dogs, that's like, they do that in the first, you know, few weeks of season. But, um, yeah. I mean, he went to Canada with me and then where else? Did, he went to Oklahoma, went to Arkansas, Mississippi. So, I mean, he's, he's traveled and he's picked up ducks in several different states and even a different country. So, I mean, that, see him work and, and know that was me that taught him. And, and it's a lot of instinct too, but you know, to, to do the blind retrieves and the, and when you cast him over and, you know, it's pretty cool to see. Um, now we talked a little bit before we started recording, but you said you went to Canada as well. Yes, I did. I luckily got the chance to go. What province did you go to? Uh, I remember we were, and I'm going to butcher this name. We were in Regina. I can't think of what province province that's in but uh yeah the town we stayed in um and hunted out of I want to say I, I don't even know don't get me to lie Regina's in Saskatchewan yeah okay so Saskatchewan this is so weird and the people we went hunted up there with with up there we were around uh golly where were we around we were probably two hours give or take from Saskatoon uh north east of Saskatoon and believe it or not the people around there pronounce it Regina and I thought that was just so weird um yeah I've heard that too and I'm like I think I'll stick with Regina Regina sounds good to me yeah yeah, that's that's what uh that's an Oklahoman version of it'll be yeah so so did y'all have some pretty good success when y'all went up there yeah so it was actually uh I think I found out I was going like a month or two before we went it was kind of like a hey we have an open spot you want to tag along and I was like yeah and so uh yeah it was it was a lot of fun we got to do uh, a lot of the scouting we got to do a lot of the you know putting stuff out and everything like that and it was it was crazy it was nothing like it is here uh, 100% I went for my first time this past year did y'all go with a guide or did y'all freelance it yeah, so we actually went with the Outfit Oklahoma. Uh, it was his first year doing it. So he was kind of like, you know, come up here. We'll get some media coverage. Uh, one of the people I went with was a big photographer. So he was like, come up here, you know, we'll get some get some video and everything like that for posting and everything. And you guys just hunt and, uh, you know, help us scout, help us get everything. And so we did. And we were like, let's go. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. So we, we went with an outfit, but we also got the chance to kind of go out on our own and scout and you know look at the birds and everything like that so like you said it is nothing like there is not one place that i've hunted yet that compares to saskatchewan it's just yeah land guys when they say that they are not joking it is insane it is beautiful beautiful country up there and it's from what i experienced driving through saskatchewan it all looks the exact same it is all like I mean, wheat stubble, and then you had a few pea fields, but I mean, for the most part, it is the exact same. And, but I mean, and we went this past year, so it was super dry. And that really, I mean, not that I, I've never been up there before, but it was so dry that it almost was like you would find a wad here, like, and, and they would be coming off the water. Um, y'all give us a second. Cheyenne just dropped her phone on the floor. I did. Came down. There we go. Should be good. But uh, now we went down. We we drove to shoot sandhill cranes. We drove, I don't know, like two hours south one morning, and it was just pothole after pothole. Like yeah, <laughs> in every little divot there was a pothole, and 
I have never in my life seen so many ducks, geese, cranes. I mean, it was just like, I wish I had, I would have had a really good camera, but all, all we had with us was just like a, you know, a little Canon camera and it didn't have a really good lens on it. But man, I don't, I think we ended up, I don't know, it was a group of like five of us that drove and we had two guys fly in um, and they were whipping a Dodge Durango out in the middle of these wheat fields. But um now, did you guys freelance or did you guys go with an outfit? We freelanced. Uh, we went with a guide. He's a guy. He's a guide in Arkansas for uh, geese at Pluck-a-Duck. And okay. from the same hometown as me and another guy that went. And then he has several friends from Louisiana that uh, he hunts with in Arkansas. So um, it was me and the two guys that I knew. And we started the drive up, uh, pulling our own trailer. And then we had the two guys from Louisiana behind us. Um, I don't know, it's 31, 32 hours, I think, uh, of driving. Yeah, it was mm, – that was tough. But, I mean, we got to see a lot of cool things and stuff that I've never experienced before. And Just the hunting up there is just – I mean, it's almost stupid. It's almost stupid. Yeah, the birds up there, you know, I, I hate to I hate to say it, but they're stupid, you know, they just, they, it's never any guessing, you know, you get here and they're going to circle two or three times because they're like, mm, I don't know, up there, it was just like suction cup, like not even a second guessing, it was awesome. Yeah, going back to the freelancing thing, me and the guy that I was riding around with scouting, we had found this one feed like the second day we got there, we, and it kept, and we watched it, we had a good feed for the first morning. Um, and it was like mix of snows and uh, Canada's and a few ducks. But, I mean, we just – we kept going back to this feed every day, and we kept telling them, like, this is a legit feed. It's darks and ducks, which, I mean, we don't use, really use that terminology down here, but darks is, you know, specks or Canada's. Like any subspecies of a Canada goose, you, they're darks. And so we, we had darks and ducks in this field, and we're like, watching them every every afternoon just after we hunt we go and watch and they just pile in there pile in there and we underestimated the size we were like man there's at least you know four or five hundred in there and um we're like, we got to hunt this field we got to hunt this field oh no we got a field we found over here and we got this little place over here and we're like i'm telling y'all man the last day we ended up hunting that field the guys that flew in ended up they were they were already flying out so it was just five of us and Man, before eight o'clock that morning, we we had a five man of dark sand ducks. I mean, we were done. It was, and like you said, it was just so stupid. We were standing up in the A frame, just videoing all these ducks just backpedaling in the decoys, and then you know we were laughing and talking, and they'd pick up and fly out. It was just hundreds and hundreds of ducks. It was, it was really cool and crazy. Um, I was scared to death getting across the border. I was like, oh, my God, what if what if they turn us around? What if we drove all the way up here and they say no? And I was freaking out. I was a ball of stress, you know, the whole way up there. And once we got across, it's just like. <sighs> Thank God, yeah. We were, I was the same way. It's like one of those things where you're like, okay, but what if I accidentally packed, like, three guns that I didn't list or some crazy, you know, what if I did something wrong? And, yeah, I was the same way. I hope uh, – the border control doesn't come get me after saying this, but I don't, yeah, we never, we never even opened our gun cases. <laughs> um, they, they yeah. were very laid back. Yeah. He just, I mean, he literally like opened the back of the truck, closed it back and like went, like I, we could have had 
whole armory back there and he didn't even check you know he just opened the back of our truck and closed it back and we yeah. were on our we uh we went through um we said we had firearms we went inside declared them i mean we had a full enclosed trailer and didn't open the first door, didn't look in the trailer. I mean, we had, you're supposed to pay like some kind of duty on ammo if you bring it in. And we had just, you know, piles of cases of ammo and they didn't even think twice. So we paid our, what, like 25 bucks to declare mm -hmm. our firearm and we just kept going. And then on the way back, it was just me and another guy. And we had the cooler full of, full of all the, um, the meat that we could take back, like, our possession limit we took back. We declared that, and uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out this live on TikTok, but uh, we, uh, we never opened the cooler. We went inside, declared what we said we had. They didn't ask any questions. And we just kept on rolling. I mean, it was, <laughs> and, and not saying that everybody's experience will be the same, but we tried to kind of go to one of the, the smaller border crossings just because obviously we didn't want to wait in a line to get across and yeah. you know they they were super laid back but um what was y'all's best hunt up there like numbers wise if you can remember oh I want to say because I, I posted it and I think it was like I can't reach my phone right now check I think it was like a 15 man of ducks um before 8 a.m nice and crazy because we we got there and I want to say this was the next morning after we got there like I said this was two years ago but uh we got a message from another guide up there actually and he was like hey you guys want to you know tag in come in we need more guns for this field and whenever I got there I was like there's 15 people here like no yeah I'm from Oklahoma there's no way we're gonna get this done uh yeah and then right as sun started I mean they started pouring in it was so many widgeons I had never shot a widgeon before and uh I mean, they just started pouring in and it was like shot after shot after shot. And then uh, last bird, so we counted all birds, you know, we had one more left and they were like, oh, you know, only girl in the blind, you can shoot it. I missed like three times. <laughs> and finally they were like, all right, never mind. You know, we're just gonna finish oh. out. It was like, man, you guys had to put me on the spot like this. Yeah. Uh, I hate being put on the spot. I think I only got put on the spot one time this year and I actually, actually hit the goose they were talking about but uh was it all ducks yeah it was, yeah mostly I mean we got into a, I mean a little bit of geese but not near like we did the ducks right was it was dry field is that what you said yeah yeah we hunted dry fields every morning yeah we only hunted one like water hole the whole time we were there um, mm -hmm. and unfortunately we busted all the ducks out of there we got there a little late I think, and busted most of the ducks out there. We still ended up killing like, I don't know, it was like five of us, maybe four or five of us. We ended up killing like a three man um, oh. because we had already, we knew where we were going the next morning and we didn't want to, um, we didn't want to sit around. And so we were just like, we're going to go hunt this, this little water hole. And I ended up um, standing in a moose bed, which, and, and sitting there and shooting, which was pretty cool. Um, That's crazy. Did that you see? Other than birds, did you see any cool animals that, I mean, we're not going to see so much? Mule deer. I saw a few mule deer, but the rest of the group saw moose and then some heard and saw elk. I'd never, I've seen moose in Alaska when I went up there on a mission trip, but I'd never heard or seen an elk. And I was so upset that I didn't get to see them because 
they were scouting like like a whole different type of country than we were. They were up like closer towards what they call the bush up there. And so they got to see a lot more. Um, they said they saw the biggest whitetail they've ever seen up there. Um, so that, we, we saw a few, few mule deer, but I mean, most everything we, that me and the guy I was with were scouting were just, you know, wide open wheat fields. So there wasn't much, uh, many animals, I guess. But uh, the, the, the amount of cranes that we saw was pretty impressive. That was. Yeah, that's what blew my mind here. You know, crane, I mean, you get a decent amount of cranes, but it's, it was, I, I didn't know that many cranes got together. Like it wasn't anything. Yeah. Yeah, cranes is a, that's a whole new like subject for me. I've never been on a crane hunt before. I'd only seen sandhill cranes less than a handful of times. I've, there's one field in Mississippi that at least a couple times a year the the sandhills will be in that field for whatever reason. It's literally right off the side of the highway. Um, and then I actually saw some at my lease flying around. Um, but the noise that them things make is just nuts. I, and like, it is like, you'll be like, oh, they're just right over the top of us. Like they're right here. You look up and they're like two miles away. Like they are the loudest bird. See, we set up for, when we went to hunt the sandhills, we set up, I'd never even shot at a sandhill. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'd never even been up close to one before at this point. And we set up and we're getting in the A-frames and I sit down, I'm like, and these sand hills like are in the field, like they are right there. They were in the field like across the road, and we were down in this field like five, six hundred yards. So yeah. they were like probably almost a thousand yards away, and they sounded like they were in the like almost in the spread. They were so loud. It's it's pretty incredible. Yes, it almost like echoes like to you. It's yeah, it's wild. I went on my first uh, sand hill crane hunt this year. And that was just so cool to experience. Was that in Oklahoma? Yeah, yeah. So I hunted, I got to hunt a lot this year with the LC5 outfitters. And uh, I want to say, like, I didn't even know what we were hunting that morning. And I get there and like, oh, we're hunting cranes. And I was like, oh, okay, you know. And, and that was a cool experience. And to, like, see them land and then they didn't really get up, of course. But, uh, like, you know, to see them, like, try and get up and they were, you know, it takes so much effort once they're down to get back up. They're not like ducks and geese, you know, the moment that they're getting up, they're getting up and getting out. These take like a year to get up and get back out. Right. Um, our setup, we thought we were in a pretty good setup when we hunted them, but we ended up pretty much just kind of like pass shooting them. Like they were mm -hmm. seeing something and we couldn't figure out what they were seeing. Because um, if anybody's ever hunted them, like they are like the smartest waterfowl that there is. And so... Yeah. Like we were saying, the ducks and geese are just dumb up there. But when the sandhills are acting as smart as they did up there, I can't imagine what they're like when they get to, like, Texas or Oklahoma. Um, yeah. So what – in Oklahoma, what's the law? I know there's, like, a specific, like, highway or something. You could shoot sandhills, like, to the north or the west of it. or what, What's the rule on that? Do you know? Um, I want to say – don't get me quoting. Uh, I want to say it's west of – I know it's west west of I-35, I think it is, that you can shoot them, which is uh, out west, which is where they are the majority. Like, around my house in this area, you, you don't ever see them, hardly. I mean, you may see one if you're lucky. Um, but out west is where you'll get, like, actual huntable numbers. You know, you'll see one to 300 in a group and everything like that. So, yeah, yeah I want to 
Why? I have no idea, but. I guess that's that's the corridor they come down and go into Texas, too. I don't know the law in Texas. I think Texas is free game anywhere, but I might be yeah. wrong. So, which, I mean, it's kind of on the verses of you don't even see them over here, so it doesn't really even matter, I feel like. Because yeah. um, the only place you're really going to see them is out west, but. Yeah, then uh, we went with, there's a Southern Oak Kennels out of uh, Saskatchewan. We went up and hunted with her. It's a lady that um, – she operates and runs that kennel uh, in Saskatchewan. And, you know, we, we had no idea. Like, I had heard the stories of, you know, dogs wearing vests and goggles um, to, you know, get these cranes and stuff. I'm like, I mean, are they really, like, that bad? And then, you know, we, we let her bring her dogs that day, like, that had hunted the cranes before and, you know, was experienced around them. Um, and to like actually like feel how sharp their beak and their uh, their nails are, like their claws, you're like, that would gut a dog. Like that would gut a person. It's yeah. Insane. Oh yeah, yeah. We uh, I personally and and yeah, like you said, a lot of people will do it as a problem. No problem. I don't. I don't think I'd ever take my dog on because there's always that what if, and my dog is the most accident prone dog I've ever met. So I'm like, he's going to find a way to get hurt by a dead crane, like just impale him, this thing. So I left him at home for this. Um, but yes, their beaks are like needles. Yes. I'm actually getting one. I got one at the taxidermist right now. Um, I'm pretty sure I shot it. I won't like <laughs> say that I did. Like when the dog brought it back, we shot into a group. So we, we dropped like, you know, a handful of cranes out of this group and, you know, the dog brought back a crane in the direction that I know I hit one. And this thing was a behemoth of a crane. Like it was like compared to the rest of them, maybe they were all juveniles and this one was the only adult. I don't know, but it was massive. And so I'm like, you're coming home to get mounted. And so I don't know how I'm going to get it done yet. It's at the taxidermist, but I'm pretty sure I just want to put it on my kitchen counter. So when people walk in, they're like, Oh my God. He's got a crane mounted. Yeah. I don't, I don't think, a crane is ever something I'd want to have mounted. And they're kind of creepy. Like, I mean, very creepy. Got a few in the blind that were still kind of alive. And I was like, man, you kind of creep me out. Like, I'm not going to lie. You're kind of creepy looking. Have you had a chance to cook them yet? Yes. So, like, our, what was the, the possession limit up there? I think you could bring, like, two back a piece or something, maybe. Mm -hmm. So, I brought one to mount and brought one to cook. And so, I cooked it and... I want to say that I found a recipe on like Sitka's website, maybe. Um, they all, they're always posting like really cool recipes. I didn't know they did that, but um, it was like, you put like kosher salt and pepper and you cook them like a filet. And, mm -hmm. and I did. And I'm like, I mean, this don't taste like gamey. It doesn't taste like waterfowl. It just tastes like a steak. Yes. It was so good. It was phenomenal. It's that and a speck, like, obviously are the best waterfowl to eat. And I can say out of my experience, it's the best waterfowl and to eat as a sandhill crane and a speck. Oh, I, yeah. I really enjoyed that. I cooked, I cooked them both in one night. Um, I cooked a whole breast for me, and then I let my dad and brother and mom try the other one. Um, but it was super good. Um, and they're so tender. Yeah, they are. It was 
like with ducks, like a lot of time you have to worry about them being really tough, especially if you barely overcook it, it'll get super tough. But mm-hmm. I mean, you're supposed to cook any waterfowl like medium rare at the most. And so yeah. I, I, this one was medium rare and it was phenomenal. So would you say like you're hunting in Oklahoma? It's mm-hmm. mostly dry field. Oklahoma is really diverse. Uh, you know, there's places where we have flooded timber. There's places we have dry field. There's places where you have marsh. You know, there's places where you're going to hunt cattle ponds. Growing up, you know, like I said, I grew up around here. So I couldn't, you know, my mom would have gutted me if I went all the way out to Western Oklahoma to hunt. So it's kind of limited to around here. And, uh, you know, that was cattle ponds and stuff like that. So uh, really, I don't think there's anything you couldn't do in Oklahoma. Like I said, you got the flooded timber, you got the fields, you know, you got the cattle ponds, got pretty much everything here. I absolutely love Oklahoma. If, if there was ever an opportunity for maybe Buck Gardner to have a location out there, I would head up that operation. I absolutely love it out there. I've been out there, like I said, to hunt one time and we did a show like the first weekend in March in Oklahoma city and I just, I'm in love with it. I'm in love with the lifestyle out there. Um, the hunting was awesome. I, I really enjoyed that. Like just the whole Oklahoma experience was incredible. Like you can wear a cowboy hat out there and it's okay. <laughs> you can't do that here. People will look at you sideways if you wore a cowboy hat here. I'm not a cowboy. I don't have cattle, but I wore a cowboy hat in Oklahoma City. And let me tell you what, I felt on top of the world. Did you, did you go down to the stockyards, the cattlemen's? We did. Yep. Yeah, we ate at cattlemen's. Yep. And then we went down to, what was the, that is the restaurant cattlemen's, right? Yeah. What's the, uh, gosh, what's, it's, it's the place like right across the street, the Western. Is it Langston's? Langston's. I bought me, yep. I bought a belt, I bought some jeans, and I yep. bought a cowboy hat. I was in need of jeans, so I'm like, oh, these are these are nice. I'll get those. And then I needed a belt, and so I got a belt. And I'm like, I don't need a cowboy hat, but I'm going to get a cowboy hat. And so I got a cowboy I'm hat. I'm going to buy it anyway. Yep. I did. Yeah. And it was probably the cheapest one they had. I don't know what it is. I'm not familiar with the brands, but like I said, I just, I love it out there. Um, I don't know I, what it is about it. It's just the culture, I guess. It's like, it's the South is known for the hospitable people, but like that doesn't end when you go West to Oklahoma. Like everybody was so nice out there. It was like no different. It was like the South, but Western. Uh, yeah. I don't, maybe that's a good way to explain it, but. Uh. Oh yeah. 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 I, I feel like Oklahoma is so slept on, which I love actually, you know, cause it's calm and peaceful and everything like that. But I love Oklahoma. A lot of my friends are like, are you ever going to move away? And I'm like, nope, I'm staying right here. <laughs> I understand. I, w- I would, I'd feel the same way. I just moved to Arkansas. And some of that was because it's close to work. Some of that was so I could get my residency so I could hunt all the public land the whole yep. season. Um, which I guess quick update. We are moving our facilities. Um, facility like 15 minutes east of here um so i'll be adding like 15 20 minutes to my drive that's like 20 minutes right now so i'm not very happy about that but we're actually in the process now like we're loading 18 wheelers like i've I've been out there all morning doing that oh no (laughs) but what's your favorite i I was trying to get into that and we got sidetracked what's your favorite 
scenario to hunt is like in Oklahoma, I guess. Is it the dry field or cattle pond? What is it? Uh, yeah, by far dry fields. You know, I everybody's obsessed with flooded timber and I like it. And if you ask Nitro, he would hunt flooded timber every day of the week. But I love dry field hunting, uh, especially in a cornfield. I, I just, I love like the scenery. Like I, you see the sunset for miles, like it's gorgeous, you know? And um, honestly, like I'm a big baby. I like that I'm staying dry, you know, that, you know, and I, it's, it's kind of my comfort zone. You know, it's where like, I, I know what I'm doing. I, I'm really comfortable here. I, I feel like I have more of a use, more of an input. Uh, you know, it's just, I love it. I got you. Are y'all hunting layouts or A-frames over there? Uh, you know, we set up differently for every scenario, you know, and it, it also depends who I hunt with uh, as far as, you know, what their ideas and how they want to hunt. You know, we've hunted layouts on the edge of a field. We've hunted the A-frames on the edge of a field. You know, we've hunted in the middle of the decoys, in the middle of the spread. And so it just really, it does depend on what we're doing and, you know, the birds and how they're set up and how we're wanting to set up. And, okay. you know, we have here we couldn't hunt the edge of the field you know they they weren't there so we had to hunt in the middle of the field which was fun because you know we came up with some creative ideas and and made it work and make it made it happen so right yeah I will say that hunting out of an a-frame like when we went to Canada you, you drop you drive into the field drop the door of the trailer you take everything out right there you're not lugging it through mud like yeah that you just set the A-frame up, you put the decoys out like you want them. I mean, you really, it is as simple of a process up there as you can ever ask for. I mean, which way is the wind blowing? All right, it's coming that way. Set the blind this way. Put the decoys right there. Load the stuff back in the trailer, drive off, and hunt. I mean, it's it's literally that simple. You're done, yeah. And everybody told me that it's the easiest hunting you can do. I'm like, for one, I'm just – I stress over everything. Like, are we hidden well enough? Like, are the birds going to be there? I just, like, that's just something that keeps me up at night. And I was like, it's going to be my luck. I get all the way up here. We have a terrible five days of hunting. Like, it wasn't. It was just, I mean, the first afternoon we got there, this the, the woman we went up there with, that, or we met her up there that owns the kennel, she's like, I've been watching this feed um, back and forth. And, and we'll be right up under them from going from their uh, from their feed to their low and or their feed to their roost, uh, which was the water like a few hundred yards behind us. And sure enough, like we caught them coming off their uh, the feed. And that first afternoon, you were just like, "It's really this easy." Like it was yeah. it was awesome. But I won't say that's my favorite type of hunting. Um, just growing up in Mississippi and. Um, I guess over the last several years hunting in Arkansas, I like that being trees. Uh, yep. Whether it's like trees on a dry bank and, you know, and you're hunting like an oxbow or whether you're in flooded, like, you know, the flooded timber. I don't know. I just like being able to like move and hide. And I don't know. I just feel like I'm working with the duck as I'm working it. And so it's just, that's my favorite type. But we hunted layouts in Oklahoma and, I mean, those birds were like landing on the your the bag of the layout blind almost. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. It's so fun. Um, and also, never stops the wind never stops blowing out there. Nope. Like, never. I mean, when we were there, the windshield was one degree when we were hunting. Um, so that was pretty rough. 
But even when we went out there to the show, the wind was blowing like 30 miles an hour. Just like, this is ridiculous. But there's yeah. like no tree. I mean, the trees are so short. It's not like they stop much wind. Mm-hmm. Um, Western Oklahoma is like, uh, like one of my buddies said, you can see your dog running away for three days. You know, it's just flat nothing out there. I mean, I've never been past Oklahoma City. So I don't know how much, I guess it changes. Like, I love the short mesquite trees and the the rocky ground like that's just I don't know it's we don't see anything like that here and so I really enjoyed that out there oh yeah yeah it's all all just farmland out there you know so it's all just I mean whatever they're growing during that or in that specific spot that's it (laughs) and it's just everywhere so you said you grew up waterfowl hunting you've been waterfowl hunting for a long time now uh I think I started when I was I want to say 15. Okay. And how old are you now? 24. That might be rude to ask a lady. I didn't think about that. (laughs) Okay. So let me figure out how to ask this. There's not many women in waterfowl. Okay. There is, and it's growing, but it's almost like it's a male dominated sport. I mean, there's. Yeah, there's no hiding that. I mean, that's very blatantly obvious. I mean, it's it's not easy. It's not something that a lot of women want to do. There's women that, you know, they're fine if their husband or boyfriend is going out there and, you know, working his tail off and stuff. They don't want nothing to do with it. Like, they go one time, like, that's great. That's all you, you know. What, um, what would you say to maybe the – maybe not even the girlfriend, but, but the girl that sees your TikToks and it's like, I really want to try that, but I don't know how to even ask or go. Like, what would you say to that, to that girl or that woman? How to get started. Yeah. Um, and luckily, like you said, women growing in waterfowl is getting bigger. Um, there is a lot of Facebook groups of girls who waterfowl hunt together. And you actually have a lot of that girls are like, you know, I want to go, um, but I don't know where to start. And, you know, it's, it's hard as a girl being like going with a group of 10 guys that have been doing it for 20 years and, you know, you're clueless. So I would definitely, you know, try and get on a girl's hunt. There's, you know, that's growing in popularity. There's a lot of girls hunts and, and go there. And a lot of those girls, I mean, I, I haven't got to go on one, um, but they seem so welcoming and just so awesome and supportive and helpful, you know? And uh, yeah, I'd definitely say that would be by far the best route to, you know, get your feet wet, get into it and, and see, you know, if you like it, if it's something you want to do, or if it's something you're like, no, this isn't, this isn't for me. Um, and go on, you know, I, I had no idea those groups even existed. Like, obviously I'm sure they did, but I didn't know that they were so like, I don't, I don't want to say welcoming, but like, they're so open to it. I mean, working shows, I, I always see a few groups or, or a group there that's, you know, we take women on hunts, but I mean, I didn't realize like that's literally all they do. Like they, they want to get women into the sport and you know, that's awesome. I mean, kids, women, I think everybody should. I mean, it, waterfowl hunting gives you such an appreciation. Like even if you don't just say, if you go and you don't even shoot your gun, but you, but you see the sunrise. I mean, that's, you know, not to get too uh, spiritual here, but I mean, that's, not saying it's better than sitting in church either. I don't want to say that because that's wrong. But I mean, that you can't beat it anywhere else, in my opinion. 
I, I don't know what what other hobby that you can do to feel so connected to creation. I guess I would say it's. I mean, it's for anybody, in my opinion. Anybody that that wants to get into it. I mean, kids are are a huge thing. There's so many groups for kids. Obviously, there's a ton of groups for women that I didn't even know about. And um, there's one woman that hunts in the lease that I was in. Um, and she is just the most like bad a like woman. I mean, she will go do whatever. It's just like I would have never thought that. Like that is so cool. Um, I guess maybe as from a male perspective, we just think women are just so you know fragile. We don't want them to fall <laughs> in the water. But I mean, I've seen y'all you know do some stuff and put up with it, and not say a word about it. It's just like if that would happen to me, I'd have been over there complaining like you know, a toddler. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. awesome. The, the yeah. reach you have with your TikTok, I mean, that's, that's obviously pretty cool um, to get women into the sport. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, have you had, have you had anybody reach out as far as like uh, maybe somebody won't get into it or even a, a woman or a girl that already duck hunts that wants to get on a hunt together? Like, is that, happened to you yet yeah yeah for sure um yeah we've uh, we've actually got a chance to take a few girls you know that just were like hey you know I want to get into it I want to be a part of it and I'm like tag along let's go you know um yeah so that's been really awesome um yeah that's I mean it's pretty much just been like I said like I'll have a girl message me and we'll get to talking and or I'll like you said I'll post a TikTok or I'll post a uh, Instagram post and they're like hey where'd you get this where'd you get that and I'm like you know I love to help out I love to any advice I can give or any help I can give I'm not an expert but but what I do know about you know I love to give advice and help or you know somebody that I'm like hey this person has more knowledge in this than I do message them and, and they'll be glad to help you out you know as far as like like those asking questions like are you giving advice on gear is that what they're asking you or or what are uh, yeah. Years sometimes it's um you know kind of like I had a girl message me I've never been she said I've never been on a hunt before you know what what do I need to do what can I expect and, and advice I can give to anybody is just pay attention and ask a million questions you know you definitely don't want to be you know male or female the one over there just sitting in the truck or you know not really participating and setting up and and uh being a part of it because if you want to learn and you want to get further and eventually be able to do it on your own you know this year was the first year I ran a hunt all by myself so if you want to be able to get there you have to learn and you have to ask questions you know I like I said I got the chance to hunt with LC5 this year and my good friend Gunner all the time I'm like hey what about this what about this what about this what about you know just a million questions and you have to ask you know to to find out and to know what you're doing I mean I think that reaches even farther than just women I mean like you said male or female just getting into it, I agree with you. Ask questions. I mean, if you if you can find somebody that that you trust, because um, that's a big thing. You don't want to go out there with somebody you don't know. Um, yeah. Because you want to go out there with somebody that obviously knows gun safety, that knows hunting hunting etiquette. Um, that's a big thing on public land these days is people don't have hunting etiquette that <laughs> they they got into the sport, you know, maybe without reaching out to somebody for advice, and they just kind of winged it and. Well, now they they don't know that you're not supposed to set up, you know, 50 yards from somebody because that's not ethical. Um, so I, I definitely agree with you asking questions and, and reaching out. And 
obviously we're talking about TikTok, but I didn't give the background. Cheyenne has like a huge following on TikTok and good success on her page. So that's why I kind of brought that up as far as people reaching out to her on that. Um, do you, you said you take a few people hunting. Um, did you expect, you know, say two years ago that people would, well, back before your TikTok really got really big or maybe even before TikTok, did you think that people were going to be reaching out to you to want to go hunting with you or like, is this just like a, a big thing since TikTok's such a big thing now? Is that like kind of happened pretty recently and like kind of blew up or what? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I would say in the past year, probably two years is when, you know, social media for me as a whole kind of blew up and I started making TikToks, you know, like everybody else just was like a joke, you know, I was like, there's no way this is going to blow up. Then it, it kind of got kind of big. And then I was like, oh, wow, this is crazy. And uh, it sometimes it kind of stinks because you, like I said, I, I completely try to get back to all like message requests, everything like that. Um, but sometimes it's flooded by just a bunch of like junk stuff, you know, stuff that isn't really important. And then, so it, it's good and bad. It kind of makes it hard sometimes to like actually talk to legit people and people that want to for be further in the sport and get more into it. Um, but yeah, like you said, I think it's, it's beneficial because it reaches a ton of people, you know, and, and it makes it like, oh, okay, a girl can do it, you know, and it's just fine. So I'm going to do it. Yeah. And you know, trying to say this, I don't want to say it the wrong way, but since TikTok has, has come, well, social media in general, but TikTok mainly, um, there's been several females that, you know, they hunt and they post pictures or they post videos in their Sitka or, you know, with duck calls around their neck and, you know, males find that attractive, obviously. So they go and follow. And so like, there's, I mean, I can't, I can't name all of them, but uh, off the top of my head, but obviously Maggie Williams, uh, you, uh, Daniel, Danielle, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, starts with an H. She's got a huge following. And it's just like, wow. I mean, that's what a, what a opportunity, what a, what a platform to, to reach people on and, and give the, Hey, you know, you know, I'm a female, but I'm still out here doing, you know, what, what these guys are doing. And I, I'm just as big of a part of it as they are, if not bigger. Um, so, I mean, that, that's, you know, just noticing that from TikTok. Obviously, I follow them. Uh, I try to follow anybody if, if they're posting hunting videos or hunting tips or just hype videos for hunting. Like, I'm, I'm going to follow them. That's all my TikTok is, is, is hunting or, or some sports, but mostly just hunting is flooded with that. Um, yeah, yeah. And you hear, you hear a lot of, um, it's kind of like, oh, a girl only hunts for the clout. You know, one it's not something you would want to get into if you weren't passionate about, you know, it's, there's times when it is not fun and it is, you know, tiring and not at all something you want to be a part of. So yeah, but like, like you mentioned, uh, I, I Danielle and Maggie, you know, they're both, I mean, they are getting out there and getting done. I got to meet Maggie last year, um, for the first time and just as real as it comes, I mean, just an absolute sweetheart. And, uh, really passionate about it, you know, and, and passionate about like spreading the good parts of it, you know, same with Danielle, she's passionate about spreading the good parts of it, you know, and, and all the work also that goes into, goes into it. It's not just, you know, just fun, 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 24 seven. There's a lot of grind and a lot of work. There's a, there's a lot of bad days in it. I, I can, I can speak on that. Um, you know, and that goes from the dog training yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
the, to the scouting, to the actual hunt. I mean, there there's really sucky parts of hunting. And mm-hmm. the, I guess it's almost like an addiction. It's just when it happens right, when that dog, like when you cast him, you know, at an angle back and he goes like straight to the bumper, you're like, that made it all worth it. Or, or when you yeah. scout for, you know, days straight and you're not finding anything and you roll up on this massive feed or, or even just like a halfway decent feed and you're like, yes, like that makes it all worth it. And then obviously the hunting, like, I mean, you can hunt for several days in a row and not, maybe not, maybe pull your trigger, but you know, if you have a group out there, you don't do good. And then you finally have a, a day where it all clicks. Yeah. It's just like, yes. I mean, it, it's a, it's the grind. I love the, I love the grind of it. I mean, like from the training part to the brushing blinds, to the scouting, um, I love all of it. I mean, I think me and you both were sick of gear. Am I correct on saying that? So if I'm going to go spend all that money on sick, I'm going to go spend that money on the gas to go find birds to, to put it to use. I mean, that only makes sense. Uh, it's not, but people, <laughs> you get ragged on for wearing sick. I mean, it just oh. is what it is. And, you know, I joke with people. I'm like, if you need money, just say that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not really, but um, I mean, I work at, obviously I work here at Buck Gardner. I, I, I basically do it for a living. I mean, sort of not really um that's my excuse anyways but you know what what's you know if you're spending a 200 bucks on a jacket or more than that uh what what's 100 bucks gas in your truck nowadays you know to go to go scout and find birds or whatever i mean i love it all i don't necessarily like the spending money part but i like the the outcome of it i guess oh yeah yeah scouting is definitely probably one of my favorite parts uh you know, being the one, this is going to sound so funny, being the one that has the permission and like, I found these birds and then the hunt coming out and playing out perfectly. It's like, you're sitting there with like the biggest grin. Like, it's like, I made this happen. Like it, it happened and it's like, and I was a big part of it, you know? I mean, the only time I've really experienced that and we, I, there's not much permission you get around here. Um, yeah. From what I understand, Oklahoma is becoming more and more where you can't get permission because somebody's got at least um the only time like i said I, we've already talked about is that time in saskatchewan where we were telling the, the rest of the group we've got to hunt this we've got to hunt this and when we did i mean we had limited out on darks and ducks before eight o'clock i mean you know that 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 is the sweet victory i guess when it comes down to it oh yeah yeah it is yeah and uh you know, something that's always been a struggle for me, I've been doing this way too long to be bad at calling, but I am not a good caller. So this year, you know, I, I really worked on it and finally got it together. And uh, the first time out of the year, like I said, I got to find the birds, set up the decoys, everything like that. And, you know, calling these birds in that they actually weren't like flaring and like, nope, you know, it was so rewarding. And it's like all of this work and like, time that I've spent practicing and it finally happened, you know, they're landing right there at our feet. And, uh, you know, in the decoys, and that was just awesome. That was absolutely incredible. incredible. Yeah, I think before I started recording, we were talking about, um, I guess, the the dogs and stuff like that going, um, like, seeing that pay off. But, like, and saying that that was our favorite part of it was was the dogs. But I tell you what, Colin, you know, if, if I couldn't shoot 
if I can call and work my dog, like I'm happy. Like I'm content with that. I sure I want to shoot. I'm never not going to want to shoot, but you know, when it, when, when everybody else maybe is just kind of, you know, by their tree talking or whatever, and you, and you work a group or even a solo duck like into the spread and, and kill it. And you're just like, I mean, that was me talking to that duck. That wasn't nobody else. That wasn't a group effort. That was me. So I mean, same thing with a dog. I mean, nobody else trained my dog, my dog, you know, did that, you know, that's, you know, there's so much, you know, like I said earlier, like appreciation you get out of it, but like self-fulfillment almost. It's like, I did a good thing. And I mean, from start to finish, from, from practicing calling, from training your dog to, you know, executing on the hunt to eating the the stuff afterwards. I mean, it's the whole nine yards. I'm in love with it. um, We were talking before we got on the podcast about um, your major. Um, We'll get into that. I also changed my major from first it was physical therapy, then education to marketing because I wanted to market for an outdoor company. So from what you told me earlier, you got into your field of study because you wanted to eventually get into the outdoor industry or outdoor field. So tell me, you know, tell us a little bit more about that, kind of what you're, what you're going for and what your plans are. Yeah, so I'm going for civil engineering. Uh, I switched it, I think last year. I was originally education and almost done. And then I was like, you know what, let's go to college for another three more years. Uh, so switched it over to civil engineering. And uh, like, like you said, you know, I just want to be something outdoors and get to be you know, not stuck in an office nine to five, uh, which I'm pretty sure there's still going to be office time. Um, right. But civil engineering, I feel like also encompasses so much. Like it's not just, you know, oh, this is definitely what you're going to do. You know, like I told you earlier, you know, Ducks Unlimited, I think it was a few months ago, posted they were hiring and some of the positions were civil engineers. And I was like, how cool would that be, you know, to get to work with, you know, in a field uh, that I absolutely love, you know? And so kind of where I want to go with that. Um, I want to start out kind of, like I said, just testing everything out and seeing, you know, what, what I like best, but eventually if I really like it, you know, it would be cool to work for somebody like that's unlimited or, you know, this project. Yeah. Um, from what I've heard, obviously being in Memphis, we're 15 minutes from DU headquarters. We've got friends (laughs) over there. We're great partners with DU working for DU, uh, I really hope you get the job um, or a job with them because their their benefits and perks are are pretty incredible from what I hear. Um, so I think it's a pretty good place to work. I obviously never I, I really just kind of drop stuff off and me and the Adam, we've we've been to lunch with a couple guys and had a couple guys come in talking about some stuff. Um, I mean, if you have a DU membership and you get the call that comes with it, it's a Buck Gardner call. Um, so we do thousands of calls for DU every year we're actually our tuner is actually working on I think the new call for DU that they're going to be doing that's in the DU camo Uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to be talking about that so um that's a pretty cool thing um but yeah like I mean we got that in common we we you know that's our whole mindset year round is waterfowl and for me personally it applies to everything in my life like, I don't know how lucky I am to have gotten this job. I mean, straight yeah. out of school. I've I never worked anywhere else after school except here. I mean, this is my first job, and 
like you said, you you're gonna want to you're gonna go try as much stuff as you can to find where you fit in or find what what you want to do. And um, I've said it on here before, but I took the job as a shipping manager just because I wanted to be here. You know, mm-hmm. within an hour from where I grew up, uh, Memphis is, and so I just you know I couldn't have got more blessed to to be where I'm at. And you know. I don't know how it happened that within a year, the need for a marketing person or not even a year, I mean, a couple months, a need for a marketing person came up and I, I stepped up into that role. And it's just crazy how stuff works like that. But. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's my thing. Uh, right before I left for Canada, my job had actually told me they're like, Hey, you know, somebody that had been here longer had requested off, you know, so sorry, you can't go. We need you here. And it was kind of one of those things of like, you know, work is important. Having a job and a good grind is important and everything like that. But at the end of the day, it was one of those things where like, I'm never going to need to experience this again. So, you know, the next day I walked in and I was like, hey, I quit. Like, you know, I didn't know after that. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do when I get back home from Canada. But luckily it all worked out and I actually started my own business and it does great. So it was kind of one of those things of like, like you said, you know, it, it just everything worked out. Everything panned out. And you get to go from there. So I had no idea you had your own business. Is this a like outdoor company or? So I actually uh, started it and I was just like wanting to make extra money for hunting. And then it took off and made way more than a nine to five. So I actually just resell books and stuff like that. So okay. yeah, and it's not like the coolest job title, but I get plenty of time to hunt and I kind of get set my own schedule and everything like that. So I'm like, this works. <laughs> That's pretty ideal. That is a pretty cool side hustle, I would say. Yeah. I guess if it's your main hustle, side hustle if you're in school, technically. Um, yeah. We'll say that school is your main priority. Wink, wink. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm there with you. So, do you do any other hunting besides waterfowl hunting? Do you turkey hunt at all? Uh, oh, I don't want to talk about turkeys. That's a sensitive subject. Uh, oh. <laughs> I uh really just waterfowl uh we do a lot of euro pheasant hunts uh when i grew up hunting deer uh, my parents are big game hunters uh but kind of got burned out on it and it almost burned me out on hunting until i did get into waterfowl and it re-sparked it so i'll go a little bit throughout the year for deer but it's it's definitely not like I, i'm not like danielle you know she's chasing big game all over the country so it's definitely i'm not that passionate about it but i'll I'll go down and sit on my family's land and you know try and get one or two a year what did the turkeys do to you i gotta know Uh, i have the worst turkey look um of anybody i could ever imagine so always something wild happens like last no two years ago last year i was like i don't like you guys i'm not even going um we had a Tom called in and he was behind a bush. So all we were waiting for was him to like, come out, you know, make an appearance. We're in the middle of a few thousand acres. No one else hunts it. Like this is, I'm with a guy, it's private, everything like that. This hog dog comes out of nowhere and tackles our decoy. And I was like, this is my luck. Like, I was like, after that, I was like, I'm done. Turkeys, man. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I usually have the worst luck possible. Like I can go with somebody, um, you know, like they invite me to come with them and or whatever. And something that just out of the blue never happens to them. Like, Oh, I don't, I don't know what happened. The turkeys aren't even on our property today. And I'm just like, how does that, how is that my luck? Yes. 
I feel you on that one. I didn't know. I know that um, Oklahoma had dropped their like yearly limit to one, so I didn't know if that was something that was affecting you or you obviously don't are, are pretty mad at them. I don't know if, but there's two different types of mad, I guess. Mad, I, I want to go kill them, or mad, I'm just done with you, mad. Yeah, I, I definitely need to get back into it. A turkey would be something, you know, so cool. That's that, that's definitely a field I don't know a whole lot about, you know, so it would be cool to get to be out there and go out there and get one. But yeah, I need to, like you said, there's two different mad at them. There's a mad at them, like, I'm going to, I'm going to get you guys, which is how I am with geese, you know, uh, one of the friends in our group was constantly like, stay mad at them. Uh, but turkeys, it's like, I'm going to leave you guys alone for a little bit. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I, I get frustrated over waterfowl hunting. Like if, if I don't finish a group or something like that, but I, I don't know if I'll ever get more frustrated than I do when it comes to turkey hunting. Yes. God, it'll make you a different type of mad. Like miss one. <laughs> I mean, like this quote that I learned on TikTok the other day, it about make you want to suck start a shotgun. Yep. That's the I apparently that saying's been out for a while, but I just heard it for the the first time the other day, and I thought that was the most hilarious thing that I'd ever heard. So I've been using it every chance I can get now. Um, yeah, I, I say that all the time. And the other day, I, my mom, you know, sweet old mom, I made a joke about it. And she's like, are you okay? I'm like, no. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, we are coming up on right on an hour. And man, this has flown by. This was a super fun conversation that we had today. Um, so do you want to tell anybody or tell everybody where we, they can find you on, on your socials? Uh, yeah, it's basically just my name, Cheyenne Kaufman. Uh, in between, there's like an underscore. So it's just Cheyenne underscore Kaufman. And I think it's like that on everything. So keep it simple. Yeah, I got you. Um, and if you ever need to to buy a book, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I got you. Well, uh, like I said, it was a fun one today. And we, we covered a lot of topics really quick. And uh, I wish we could go longer, but uh, I don't think my zoom call will allow me to do so so um is there any final words you would like to say maybe for the women getting into waterfowl or or any words of wisdom that you would like to leave today oh, dive in just get in it and you know get like i said get as much experience and as get your feet wet you know get as much experience and get into it as much as you can don't don't be afraid to ask questions there's no stupid questions so yeah, yeah. We agree with that. Well, Cheyenne, it was fun. Thank you all for tuning in today, and we will catch you on the next episode. Hey, guys, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. To show you our appreciation for tuning in, we're going to do a discount code for you guys. So it's going to be good for 15% off a purchase of $75 or more, and that discount code is going to be hashtag BGPOD15. Again, that's hashtag BGPOD15.